Dear future, I'm ready to not be afraid. Today, the world is transforming at a fast pace. The transformation encompasses technology, sustainability, social systems, culture, healthcare, economics, education, the list goes on and on. This transformation is broad and deep, and it's disrupting our digital society more profoundly than ever before. Positively, for a big part, but concerns are growing about its effects on jobs, inequality, education, health, well-being, economic prosperity, and security and safety. In this podcast, we explore more responsible ways to use the global transformation for the benefit of society. As a listener, you'll hear from 21 transformational leaders about how we might address the challenges of the 21st century. This is Dear Future, I'm Ready, a podcast brought to you from Amsterdam by Digital Society School. J-Bob Olada is a veteran movement builder and non-profit executive working at the intersection of technology and communities. Now serving as a Vice President Global Programs at Mozilla, Bob leads several ambitious initiatives to make the internet and artificial intelligence more trustworthy and equitable. Bob has been a keynote speaker yesterday at the Society 5.0 Festival here in the Social Hub in Amsterdam. Welcome to our podcast, Bob. It's such a pleasure to talk to you here at the festival. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So in this series of podcasts, we are talking to 21 transformational leaders, people who are ahead of the curve and to whom we can ask what the view is like from their perspective to inspire us in our transformational journeys. And today we hope to talk to you, Bob, about uh, building movements for transformation, uh, Mozilla as a driver of change here, uh, activism in times of uncertainty, and of course, fuel with the topics of AI, big tech, and the digital society. So Bob, I will start with a very big question. Uh, could you please share with us how you see things in these like, very uncertain times where uh, yeah, the cur current world is really yeah, impacting you, your work probably, and what hopes and visions you have for the future? Yeah, that's not a little question That's why I call it big. <laughs> <laughs> I see how you are. Um, I think that you hear many people talk about this time in different ways. Um, given the different states of political upheaval, mm -hmm. a lot of people re refer to this moment as a reckoning. And if I were to unpack that a little bit, whether it's around climate justice or racial justice or um, workers and labor movements contending with new realities right. um, and suddenly their bosses are algorithms, <laughs> you know, and things like this, I think really what, where we are is this moment of truth trying to um, emanate in all of its like capital mm -hmm. T forms. Mm. And I think um, the resistance to those truths that show up as systems, that show up as um, uh, really as a power analysis right. um, is is actually what causes the disruption. And I think that we're in a need to be in a state of with big eyes mm. and big ears and big hearts and actually accepting uh, truths that might be uncomfortable mm. um, because the repercussions are actually much more uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's how I have been 
making sense of this time. I can see that. I, I love how you say, you know, uh, mention a big heart, mm-hmm. big, big eyes. Um, but also the word truth, of course, you can unravel that a little bit more also from a negative perspective. Mm-hmm. W- what are the truths that we are portrayed with at the moment? Mm-hmm. Are we are we sure it's the truth? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. can you reflect on that a little bit where you, we of course are um, like reality is hitting us at yeah. the same time, we are not always sure what reality is. And of course, AI and all of the technology has yeah. a big role in that. I, I, I think about, I, I really appreciate you calling that out or calling me into mm. that. I think that um, we've never lived in a time before where the truth is so variable, right? right? Um, and I think the the disaggregation of media, the proliferation of mis and disinformation, and then even um, things with the best intentions, but algorithmic and machine learning based on biased data sets, opaque data sets. Mm. Um, I think uh, we find ourselves in a moment where we're all in our, it's easy to be, I should say, we aren't, we don't have to be, but it's easy to be in our own echo chambers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's profoundly dangerous because I think what that means is I don't have to be accountable to you and you don't have to be accountable to me. And that is, that's a real problem because the truth is we are interdependent and we are reliant on one another. And, um, and the opposite of that is, is actually being in opposition. And so uh, if I'm showing up to fight you every day, because I think that mm-hmm. um, you exist uh, in opposition to me, that actually, what's interesting, and I'm making air quotes, what's interesting about that is that you and I then are engaged in this tension-filled relationship, and then actually where there are consolidations of power and wealth, are untouched, mm-hmm. and I th- and that design um, is deeply problematic. But I right. also offer quite old. And and of course, your uh, in your uh, bio, uh, one of the first lines is that you're a movement builder. Um, and in relation to what you just mentioned, um, how do movements come in? Communities. Mm-hmm. What's the role of communities in this kind of um, yeah change and transformation that you just highlighted? Yeah. Um, I know it's my bio and I gave it to you, but I think that, um, you know, I don't think any one person can be a movement builder, right? right? But I I tend to be a, but I would say I'm a movement strategist and a movement observer. Um, And what I would say is um, when we talk about communities, I mean, I think there's a way that that's a shorthand for the real people or, Mm -hmm. do you know? And um, it's my my deep opinion that... um, the people who are most innovative are the people who have actual need. Right. And so we see innovation all the time happen um, to invent a way out of no way, right? And that exists in the global majority, that yeah. exists in communities of color, in migrant communities, women, LGBTQI folks, anyone who doesn't uh, immediately benefit from the status quo is in a constant state of being innovative, even mm-hmm. if to only know their own name, never mind to get through an entire day. Yeah. And so I think that when we talk about, um, you know, we were talking about our interdependence just as individual people. Mm-hmm. And I think we've reached a time um, 
part of that reckoning, if you will, is yeah. that all of the movements that are capital M movements, whether it's climate justice, et cetera, are also are interdependent, right? They're just specific, but mm -hmm. they're, everything is entwined. And I think the, the beautiful opportunity of now is to actually know that and, and yeah. actually get to operate in that kind of way. I love that. And, and um, as Digital Society School, we, we kind of uh, started a movement of our own, well, uh, from a strategy point of mm -hmm. view, of course, um, uh, which is called the Global Goals Jam. Mm. And it's in uh, collaboration with the United Nations Development Program. Yes. And it's a design hackathon, uh, if you will, uh, of two days uh, all around the world, around the Global Week, the Global Goals Week. And uh, what we want, what we noticed was the need for innovative people all around the world, you know, common people yeah. uh, who just want to make a difference to, to kind of have the same language in ways of working uh, process, uh, but also sharing the work a bit more on the process level. Because uh, I always say that the, the real design waste is not in the physical waste, but mostly in the process that, is, that goes mm. to waste. Yeah? People don't share, people don't find, and they don't build upon each other's work. Um, Big tech uh, and, and innovative uh, companies, they have, you know, the, the means to actually share things. They have the platforms. Um, they own, in that sense, the process uh, for a big part. How do you think that, um, uh, and perhaps at Mozilla, they have ideas for that also. Um, uh, we can kind of, you know, get all of these ideas to the surface and that people can actually find it, share it, build upon it. Yeah. Uh, do you have ideas for that? Yeah. I mean, I think as, as you... No, the legacy of Mozilla is predicated on open. And mm -hmm. I think what we, um, the way we get to metabolize open source in the present day is really about that, mm. not just sharing data, but obviously sharing data, not just sharing code, but obviously sharing code, but also to be engaged with one another. Right. So that's one of the reasons we started the Mozilla Festival, which we call MozFest. Yeah. And that exists online. Um, as well as in person in different locations around the world. We'll be here in Amsterdam in June, um, but we uh, have been in Manchester. We'll be in Kenya, in South Africa, in India, in, in the United so, States. So the fest is moving around? Yes. Um, but have you also seen kind of like these, these new uh, relationships being forged at the festival that move on or live on? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So today I'm in Amsterdam because mm -hmm. we're gathering the group of people who we call Wranglers, and yeah. they uh, engage engaged in a federated design process. There are folks from all over the world, some of whom have been to MozFest for many years and some are brand new. All of them um, have an interest at the intersection of technology, right. social justice, art, activism, and they build the core of the festival. So we'll, we'll, we'll embark on a multi-day process to figure out what the different spaces are, but really mm -hmm. we're looking at uh, ultimately grounded in the power of people and trustworthy artificial intelligence. And it's mostly online, but it also has it's a physical both. component. Eh? Yes, we will have an online yeah. presence in March. The festival will be four yeah. days online. And we've, we went to fully online like many other people during the pandemic. Right, of course. But we have uh, had almost 10,000 people from 147 different countries. We didn't privilege a specific time zone, so we were running 21 mm -hmm. uh, hours a day. And um, the plaza, which is the platform where you meet, um, and we use multiple different um, technologies for gathering, whether it's audio only or hubs yeah. or Zoom, etc. So depending on the type of programming. And would you say that the hybrid form is a is a success factor for building this community? Without question. Yeah. Yeah. So 
the plaza remains open for a number of months afterwards. People continue to gather and there's an active Slack channel. But we see returnees every year. Mm. We see projects that maybe were nascent two Moz Fests ago that now have come to fruition. And I think for us, it's a way for people who um, identify in multiple communities, you might identify as a Kenyan academic who's studying mm -hmm. XYZ or a builder from the United States who um, is really active in the queer space or the neurodiverse yeah. space, right? Or a feminist climate justice activists who are using artificial intelligence to um, protect indigenous lands, right? There's right. so many yeah. different ways, um, but we see over and over again that people build really significant relationships with folks whom they otherwise would never have met. And that's the magic, Amazing. right? Is, is yeah. come together, whether virtually or in person and play together and to imagine how to use uh, technology and um, to, to really advance towards mm -hmm. the future that we actually say we We're want. We're definitely going to be a part of it. Uh, right this on. Year. Yes, yeah, good. Yeah, You're really, all invited. <laughs> really, really uh, looking forward to that. Gorgeous. So um, uh, at MozFest, I guess, as a, as a community, as a festival, as a gathering, imagination is probably a big part of what, what entices people to be there and, and to connect. Uh, we always like to say that uh, if you can dream it, you can, you can be it or you can do it. Um, uh, what, what's your vision? Because of course you, you reflected a little bit on uh, the reckoning mm -hmm. uh, from that perspective, but how can we create new visions where, uh, where we can lead our work towards uh, to, and, um, and perhaps the MOSFEST is, it, is perhaps like a kickstart for new mm -hmm. visions? Yeah. I, I've been thinking a lot about this idea of resistance versus acceptance and, you know, maybe as many of us have been locked in our homes for two mm -hmm. years. Um, there were two, uh, I had two moments that I would sort of call epiphanies, if you will. Um, one was about uh, climate justice uh, and the environment. And this idea, I, I can't actually even remember who brought this idea to me, mm -hmm. but this idea that the earth is fine. The earth is just reclaiming herself, right? Mm. Like yeah. the, the, because there are these agents of detriment, which are humans who refuse to take care of, right. And who are instigating problems. And just like, um, uh, a body tries to heal itself. The earth is trying to heal itself by, um, creating flooding and right, right to get rid of the, and yeah. I had never, it was this shift for me, right? I, I just had never comprehended it in that way, right? Oh, actually, the planet is doing exactly what it should do right. to rid itself of the contaminant, if you will, right? So that was one mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. That was a switch of, as opposed to we have to do X, Y, Z to make it. It's actually we have to stop. And, yeah. right? So that was one moment. Then another moment, and forgive me if it sounds a little too woo, but I was at a meditation and... Um, you know, I think that there's, I, I may be held for a long time, like, oh, I, I should be more spiritual. I should meditate more. I should do these things. Right. And, um, <laughs> that usually doesn't help <laughs> right, at, at all. Yes. I'm here to prove that yeah. actually. But, and, but at, at, there was a talk after the meditation and the person leading the talk said, you know, we are spirit come to have, come here to have a human experience. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, it was a full stop moment and I had to hear it repeated and it's really the same thing, right? Oh, I don't have to do this thing. I have to just be. Right. And I think that's also 
where we are in terms of technology and in terms of being imaginative to um, or having the imagination towards what we want. So I want to add to that, uh, Bob. Um, uh-huh. uh, our next guest also here at the festival will be uh, Roland van der Forst. He's head of innovation of uh, a big bank. Yeah. And he writes columns for a financial uh, newspaper here in the Netherlands. And in preparation for the next interview, I, I kind of uh, read some of his columns, of course. And um, he, in one of them, he mentions like the, what we should be doing in these transitions is um, like uh, create a new story, but mm-hmm. not uh, think of the end of the story, but actually focus on the beginning. Yeah. And this is kind of what, what you're saying, right? To just be yeah. and see where we where we are and where we go from there, but not really have these moonshots and, and because we don't know and it, it hasn't helped us in the in the past either. So it's kind of like, you know, you get this kind of maker culture again where you experiment, you go mm-hmm. from there and you see what happens also with the earth, of course. Yeah. I think I think too when um when we talk about the power of technologies, you know, um Mozilla's really focused on the trustworthiness around AI, which mm-hmm. again inserts a human element and human experience. So we're really looking at how can we mitigate bias? How can we create transparency? How do we think about data with a power analysis and that it needn't just be assumed the presumption of consent or presumed the presumption of valuation, et cetera? And how do we do that from a movement building perspective? Mm -hmm. Meaning, could we point ourselves towards trustworthiness, which again, doesn't have a very clear end goal, but it does instead privilege people and communities to, to actually hold the value and hold power. And I think what I'm offering with that kind of shift, slight shift of thinking is we already have power Mm -hmm. and right. And we already have value and there's a a dominant narrative that would have us think not. And then reality in terms of consolidation of wealth, et cetera. But I think the the kind of gorgeous opportunity then is um, to be inventive together, right? And to be thoughtful about what we can produce um, together, what we can collaborate to create, and whether those technologies are, uh, you know, use machine learning or they're analog or they're ancestral, right? If we can kind of hold all of those things and be playful with them, I think the opportunity for a better outcome is much more likely. I like that positivity. Let's uh, let's uh, focus on that. And um, in design, uh, I, I'm a designer. Mm-hmm. We we have um, uh, we always refer back to how might we do something, do something, do something, or design something so that we. And there's always mm-hmm. this we in it. Um, but we like to rephrase in this podcast always. Um, the way we approach that, instead of saying how might we, so that we, mm-hmm. uh, it's really also about how might I, mm-hmm. so that we. Mm-hmm. And so what would you say is your own role and responsibility uh, to kickstart this kind of we? Um, that's a great question. I think, I think I have positional power at Mozilla, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think that that's real. And also it's a job and I could not have it tomorrow and then not have that positional power, right? But I do think, um, uh, insofar as we're talking about my role inside of the organization, it's, it is deeply my job to, um, 
decentralize conceptually even mm. where we assume geographically where we assume the locations of power right yeah. talking about the global majority instead of the global south for example really ensuring that the people in the room mirror the folks with whom we say we want to work that we aren't recreating i i believe and i suspect as a designer you too for, form begets function mm -hmm. so of if yeah. if we aren't if we don't um build the teams build the communities that we say we want to be impactful with, they, they simply won't. Yeah. Right. And so, um, ensuring that we have a multiplicity of voices and views and geographies and cultures, et cetera, that feels really important and part of my role. Yeah. Um, the, I think also, um, I have a lot of privilege in that I get invited into a lot of different kinds of rooms mm -hmm. in many different communities. So I think it's also um, my responsibility to be humble in that right. and to not pretend to know, right? And to, to actually learn as I go and reflect as I go. That's um, interesting. Yeah. And then I, I want to say something about the I, we. Um, uh, one of the artists and activists with whom we work, Toshi Regan, she talks about, um, and she comes from a deep uh, African-American musical tradition. Um, and um, she talks about the technology of sound mm. um, as a specific transportation, um, uh, particularly for um, black Americans in this conversation, but diasporically, um, and how it was a technology of communication, of wayfinding, all of these things. And the song that people uh, know, uh, We Shall Overcome, mm -hmm. originates in the in uh, the tradition as I shall overcome. Ah, and it yeah. became We Shall Overcome through many different means, but in order to be this anthem of collectivity right. to, and f to be a movement anthem. And so I think that juxtaposition of I and we, it's, you can't have a we unless you have a responsible I exactly. and yeah. you can't only have we, then you yeah. don't exist and you're not taking personal responsibility. And I think that willingness to be both, I think is part of what we're talking about here. That's very interesting. Also then if I reflect that or kind of bounce that back to you as a yeah. person, um, You're a leader at, at Mozilla. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, you also have an activistic background. Yes. Uh, where where um, can you be a, a leader at Mozilla and be activistic as you were at the same time, or is that conflicting? Or is it like you were just saying with the with the, with the song that you kind of already did the I and now you're in the we? Yeah, is yeah. That's something you can reflect on. I really appreciate the way that you worded that and that you even asked me that at all. I mean, maybe I would I would ask others, like, what do you think? Am I doing it? You know, like, but, um, I think it's more a matter of time. Mm. So I, I do think it's possible. Um, and I think it's about how I organize myself in a way to mm. get to be authentic. Like, I think it requires a particular kind of, um, honesty right. to know when I, I actually can't. And then when I must, mm. and I think, Um, and it's a balance. And, uh, I mean, I think I'm quite supported there. I, everyone knew who they were hiring. You know, it's not like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not, I don't show up in a costume. Right. Yeah. But, um, but I do think, um, and I think the, 
And I wouldn't have taken a role that was really antagonistic to that yeah. work. I think the intentions beside, behind the Mozilla Manifesto, behind, right, the, I work with brilliant people from all over the world with really beautiful intentions, big mm -hmm. hearts, and a lot of creativity. So I feel very at home there. Um, and so I, I think it's possible, but I think you should check back in a little yeah. bit of time and tell me if you think, okay, uh, let's do that. see, see how fest. I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come up and be like, you, you ain't doing it. Let's do that. <laughs> or, well, I, I'm, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Let's see. I hope, I hope so. Input for that. <laughs> right on. Right on. I hope I am. I hope I am. Okay, so uh, we're kind of almost out of time. Um, I want to end with um, uh, with something very personal also for you. Um, this festival also has actually the subtitle Dear Future, I'm Ready, which is also the, the name of the podcast. Um, mm. What a coincidence. <laughs> um, but it's based on that we haven't promised our audience any, any kind of answers. We've said that uh, we're here to generate new questions and we like that. Um, and uh, we would like always to know uh, of the guests, what they are ready for so that, you know, um, uh, our listeners can form these new questions based on what you are ready for. Mm. Could you kind of end the phrase, dear future, I'm ready with what you're ready for? Dear future, I'm ready to not be afraid. That's wonderful. Let's not do that and start with where we are right now. We're here and yeah. we're not afraid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that fear is the thing that prevents us from doing most of the things we desire. It's paralyzing. It's paralyzing, yeah. right? And even if it's very, if you don't outwardly even appear afraid, I, you know, I don't think many people would say that about me, but I, I, I would, and certainly at this point in my life, mm -hmm. I would love to lay that all down and, move, and move forward boldly. Thank you so much, Bob. This was a wonderful conversation. I really appreciated the honesty and the openness. And uh, I hope you're uh, going to have a nice day. I know that you're not going to be at the festival, but with, with your community, which <laughs> is actually where you are at your best, right? Right on. Yes, I really appreciate it. But if I can sneak across the street, I'll do that as much as possible. <laughs> Thank you for Thank this. You, it Bob. was really lovely. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Dear future. 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 I'm ready. This is dear future. I'm ready. Dear future. I'm ready.